Welcome to the Attraction Project Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Wood, and this is a place where we come to get real about our dating and relationship patterns, take control of those narratives, and finally start attracting who we deserve. In this podcast, we're going way beyond the law of attraction, okay? We're not here to get into how to manifest our dream partners overnight. This is a project, a full-on journey, and we're going on it together. So buckle up. Hello, hello. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here today. In this episode, we're getting into five common dating mistakes to avoid this year in 2023 and beyond. I sound like Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) But this isn't a New Year's resolution. It's a long-term commitment that we're making to ourselves to make wiser decisions about who we dedicate our time, energy, and our hearts to. So let's just dive right on in, shall we? Mistake number one, early narrative building. This is when we take what we know about someone that we just started dating, I'm talking like within a month or so, and we build a story about who this person is, what we think they value, whether or not they'd make a good partner, parent, etc. And this is one of the reasons a lot of us jump into relationships so quickly. We've basically created an almost fantasy-like depiction of what this relationship could be, and we kind of just roll with it. It also doesn't help that most people, ourselves included, are probably showing up a certain way this early on. I call this the best self phase of the dating process, which makes sense, right? We do want to gain some approval and impress the people that we're dating, right? But going based off of these early impressions can cause some problems. They could end up being the opposite of what we're looking for. And then when they inevitably show up as their true selves, it becomes harder to end that relationship because we've already fallen for the version of them that showed up on those first few dates or at least the version that we created. We really need to stop clinging to the idea that rushing into something will speed up our timeline and take us to the end point of being in a great relationship that much quicker. But greatness cannot be rushed. It's got its own timeline. And the more we try to control and manipulate that, the more resentful we'll end up being toward the outcome and the person that we're with. Being a millennial, I've noticed a trend with us that I've been a part of myself, and maybe we can take this trend as a sign that we should start slowing things down a bit. So the trend that I've noticed anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but what I've noticed is that a lot of us are moving in with our significant others pretty quickly after meeting them slash dating them. And then unfortunately, a lot of us are breaking up while living together and now having to deal with each other as a roommate sometimes longer than we want because a lot of us are signing leases together, which it's not a bad thing to want to live together. And yes, there are times where rushing into this has worked out for some couples. But again, per the trend, it's happening a lot and it's not working out the way a lot of us thought that it would. Had I taken a little more time moving in with partners in the past, I know I could have saved so much time, money, stress, heartache, you name it. So let's normalize taking the extra time to actually get to know someone. I know it can be nerve-wracking, but let's see that as the fun part, without any presumptions about who we think they are. And if it turns out that they're not for you, you get to move on. That's the whole point of dating. Trust me, there is no scarcity of people for us to date. So don't make this one person or potential relationship a means to an end of loneliness or pain or struggle. You will be better off being by yourself than being with somebody and being miserable. 
So stop the early narrative building and really take your time and get to know someone for who they are. Jumping into mistake number two, ignoring red flags. (laughs) This is an obvious yet common one, as a lot of us know, because a lot of people know how to turn up that charm to downplay those flags, even if just temporarily. But in that time, if we're looking at these people through rose-colored love lenses because of that early narrative building we talked about, these red flags or warning signs that a person could have toxic qualities can be really hard to spot. So of course, depending on what we're each wanting and looking for out of somebody, red flags can have some differing or relative definitions. However, there are some upfront traits in certain people that can lead to some problems down the road. So I will list some common red flag examples, but I want to start with the crazy ex stories, because I've noticed this is a bright freaking red flag that we cannot overlook anymore. (laughs) So yes, it's common and healthy to a degree to share our past experiences with somebody that we're dating. It's actually a way that we can set boundaries too, by talking about problems that we've had in past relationships and what we no longer tolerate in future ones. But (laughs) if there is a common theme with the things that they're telling you about their exes, if every other comment is about how they attract psychos and narcissists and all their exes are crazy, proceed with caution and start asking questions. Preferably questions that are more relevant to their contributions and behaviors in those relationships and how they've grown from these experiences. Some other things that you want to watch out for are signs of controlling and or possessive behavior. Rushing into things faster than you communicated you'd like to, or the opposite of that, signs of emotional unavailability, being flat out rude to you or other people while they're in front of you, unrealistically hyping themselves up, not asking you questions about yourself, I think you get the idea, and I'm not saying to hyper-focus on finding these things in someone, but go into every date, unbiased, with an open, neutral mind. Be an open book and ask the same of whomever you're with. You can start asking those personal challenging questions like, how do you react or respond when you're stressed or upset? Do you shut down? Do you take off? Do you need to be alone? Do you need a cheerleader? This is an important question because your way of dealing with issues can be vastly different from someone else's. And that can cause a lot of problems and a lot of button pushing later on. But when these things are communicated and navigated in a mature, open-minded way, It doesn't always need to become a problem. Ask them what some of their values are in life. Ask what they really want out of a relationship. What are their biggest fears? Where do they see themselves in five, ten years down the road? Really listen to their responses and be honest with yourself about whether or not you could be compatible with them long term. Or if there's a strong chance that they could possibly cause you pain and stress down the road. Trust yourself and trust your instincts. Mistake number three bringing old relationships into new relationships. So I don't think mistake is the best word for this one because we're usually not doing this consciously. For example, a lot of people have an issue with trusting partners because of past experiences of being lied to, betrayed, cheated on, and sometimes being the cheater in past relationships can spark some trust issues. So someone could bring these issues into a new relationship with someone who's maybe not a liar and a cheater, but they start to treat them like they are. What should be expected out of that dynamic? It's natural for our minds to go back in time to when we felt triggered with someone else and assume a similar outcome is around the corner. It's so natural, in fact, that it's one of our survival habits. Our brains are freaking computers. 
They scan every situation we're in, take into account our emotions, behaviors, reactions, and it logs these experiences away for future use so that we can have the tools and knowledge that prepare us for a similar scenario. But when we're bringing the insecurities that someone else helped to create into something new with someone else, it can damage the positive potential of being with that person. It can turn into us emotionally reacting to things that don't warrant that type of response. It could turn into us accusing them of things they're not guilty of. And ultimately, we can end up pushing them away altogether. So we really have to start with as clean a slate as we can get because there isn't room for all of that in a healthy, secure relationship. A secure person will not tolerate being treated like they've done something wrong when they haven't. And there's one more thing I want to touch on regarding old relationships. Because another thing that a lot of us do is stay friends with our exes, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? Everyone's got different opinions on this, but I think it can actually be a very mature and beautiful thing when it works and feelings truly don't run deeper than friendship. However, sometimes this can hold us back from moving on. There are triggers and emotions that can always creep up when we're around this person because it's hard to ignore the feelings that we once had for them, right? It can almost be an elephant in the room. Not to mention, the comfort of familiarity and the fact that this person already knows so much about us can actually hold us back from moving on because we'll be comparing our connection with them versus someone new. Another thing to consider would be the guilt and potential jealousy when both parties do move on and date other people can ultimately block us from being happy with someone else because no one likes the idea of being quote quote replaced by someone else, right? Which is not the best way to look at it, but let's face it, it's kind of how we're programmed to look at it. So again, this can work, but does it always work? No. Does it always have to work? No. It's okay to let people go to make space for something new and better for us. Because that relationship ended for a reason, right? Every situation is different, so just gauge it and do what's best for both of you. Anyway, moving on to mistake number four, being inauthentic. When I say inauthentic, as it pertains to dating... This can look like being dishonest about ourselves, our accomplishments, or our lives in general to make ourselves more impressive. It's perfectly normal to be a little emphatic about ourselves from time to time, right? Like, for example, when I was an office clerk in the past, I wouldn't give that title. I would sprinkle some sugar on that and tell people that I was an administrative assistant, okay? Me as I am now, though, I would say that we should just tell things like they are, but Little things like that, I would say, are normal. But when we start straight up lying about ourselves, we're putting on a facade that we won't be able to keep up long term. We're creating an unrealistic image of ourselves to this person. So now they're going to have their own set of expectations as to how we show up. And how do you think that's going to work in the long run when we can't follow through? When I started dating in my, I would say, late teens, early 20s, I thought that I had to show up in certain ways. And I thought that I would have to basically change everything about myself to measure up to someone's standards. But pretty early on, I learned this does not work. And people completely pick up on whether or not we're being authentic. And if we're just manufacturing a new personality for ourselves to fit a mold or to impress these people in some way, that can be repelling to them. I know I've mentioned that in one of these episodes. So be totally honest and transparent when you're getting to know someone. And be that open book. Being inauthentic can also look like playing hard to get when all you want to do is tell them how into them you are without scaring them away. It can show up as not communicating our needs or expectations 
People-pleasing, I've talked about people-pleasing in other episodes, but a great way to lose the respect of someone we want to be with is to openly and almost constantly be at their beck and call, catering to their needs instead of our own, and setting our thoughts and beliefs aside to be more agreeable to them. These behaviors translate to us having low self-worth, because in this case, we think we need to change or hide who we truly are just to keep the other person around. When we display signs of real authenticity and stay true to ourselves and someone doesn't like it, they're not for us and we're not for them. Plain and simple and that's okay. Why waste anyone's time? We all deserve to fully and proudly be ourselves with no need to sugarcoat anything or feel inadequate about who we are, what we've been through, or what we've accomplished in life so far. Accept and be proud of yourself and you will find people who do the same. And the last mistake that I'll go over today is mistake number five, refusing to change or better ourselves. Now, I'm not referring to changing ourselves in the same context as what we just talked about regarding authenticity. In this case of making changes to ourselves, I'm talking about healing and making necessary changes to move forward and attract different or better experiences. Expecting different results without changing what we typically do to try to achieve them will get us nowhere. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Another angle to that is Einstein's quote, which is, we can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Now, I'm not saying you or any of us created our relationship problems. A lot of us were dealt crappy hands in our lives and had no idea what the hell we were doing to attract what we had been but we have been perpetuating making certain decisions and we have chosen to keep certain types of people in our lives who chose to cause us stress and heartache. That reaffirms and reinforces certain belief patterns about what we think we deserve. And by changing those lenses through which we view ourselves and relationships, we can then make better decisions that will serve our best interests. So how do we do that? Well, first, if you haven't yet, pinpoint your attachment style. I believe it's episode two on this podcast where we dive into attachment theory and how our relationships with our primary caregivers as we grew up affect how we show up in relationships today. So figuring this out can shine so much light on why we have trouble attracting the people and relationships that we want. It can show us how we communicate with our partners, how we express emotions, as well as how we handle how they communicate and express their emotions. We can also observe other areas where we may need to grow and make some changes, like the boundaries we set or don't set, speaking up about our needs instead of staying small and unheard, how we solve problems with our partners, etc., or reversing unhealthy behavior patterns that have caused issues in your past relationships. To list a few examples of what I mean by that, and be honest, do you tend to be a little overly critical of your partners? Do you shift blame or refuse to accept responsibility and look to point fingers instead? Do you have habits of being a perfectionist or trying to change your partners to suit what you feel like you need from them? Do you tend to sabotage relationships by creating issues where there doesn't need to be issues? And this is done out of fear. And this is common. If on a subconscious level, we don't feel we deserve great things and experiences in our lives, or we're afraid to jump into the unknown, we'll do what we can to prove ourselves right And without even knowing it, problems are born. Sometimes this is even as simple as our brains not liking change. So the fear of that can also create similar dynamics. We're all human and we're all entitled to our flaws, right? There's no way we can be perfect in our relationships. 
but taking a step outside of ourselves to observe our behaviors and how they impact the dynamics we share with others is a very powerful thing. Remember, we don't always attract what we want, but we always, always, always attract what we are. And with that, I conclude this episode. (laughs) So that's going to do it for today. Thank you guys so much for being here again today. I really hope you got a lot out of this. Go ahead and follow the show if you haven't yet, and I'll catch you in the next episode.